Hello everyone, so this is Editing Sabrina. I just want to say that this podcast is from um, a couple of weeks ago. We were going to upload it, but then the microphone stopped recording and I didn't think we had enough. But then I looked at the SD card and we had like an hour of footage. So I'm going to upload this one and we have another one that's more lighthearted coming next week. Um, So yeah, I hope you guys enjoy this and it does end kind of abruptly, so I'm sorry about that, but... I'll do the outro now. If you see this, subscribe, like, rate us on Apple and everything. And feel free to message us topics that you want us to discuss. All right. Bye. Enjoy. <laughs> okay. We back for another okay. week. Hey. Hello. If you're going to interrupt <laughs> us, let me say something. Okay. So we are back for another episode. Ow. Oh, my God. My hand broke. <laughs> We're back for another episode of the Mellow Girls podcast. Is this week five? Yes. Dang, we've been here for five weeks? Yeah, I'm pretty proud of myself for being consistent. Not online, I'm pretty proud of you too. <laughs> I mean, I've uploaded late like a couple of times, but like that's... To me, if I get it up between Friday or Saturday, it doesn't matter. I mean, our day is Friday, but sure. Friday or Saturday. Okay. <laughs> Um, anyways, don't be, don't be freaking rude, Kim. You you said anyways, time to take shots. So, today is the day we wake up. Shut up! (laughs) Don't start! Today is Thursday, the 28th of January, which is Belle Let's Talk Day. Hashtag Belle Let's Talk Day. I wish Belle was sponsoring us, because then I would just say it, like, over and over and over again, and they can just take off my It's platforms. Bell Let's Talk Day. It's not hashtag Bell Let's Talk Day. Well, yeah. You use the hashtag to... It's not like... Oh. Whatever. It's Bell Let's Talk Day. Which is a mental health day where it's supposed to be about promoting talking about your mental health. We. Oui. Hence the Bell Let's Talk. Very nice. I don't know. I don't think they have Bell in other countries. No, it's like a a mobility, like a phone brand thing, like a phone carrier, also internet and cable. They do it all. They do it all. Yes, but they're like a big brand in Canada. Yeah. What are you doing? Your Rob Star poster is crooked. Yeah, because I was lean my head on his chest. Oh God. (laughs) (laughs) Anyways, so we wanted to, to do this episode on. Don't look at me. <laughs> on mental health awareness. God, this is serious. Stop being making me laugh. I'm literally just talking, though. <laughs> so humorous. <laughs> the bone. Excuse me. A humorous. Oh. Like, did you just say the bone at me? Yeah. Weird. <laughs> Anyways. So, I feel like I've been very open in the past couple years. Stop looking directly at I'm me. I'm literally in a conversation with you. What is your problem? I feel like I've been very open the past couple years about my mental health struggles. I, it was something I was very ashamed about for a long time. But recently, I've discovered there's nothing to be ashamed about. And if you're a voice of not so much reason, but if you're a voice who's open to talk about stuff like that... It opens a lot of doors for other people, too. Like, I've had a few people I went to, like, high school with message me and be like, oh, wow, that helped me with this, blah, 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 blah. So all in one breath, eh? Yeah. But anyways, because the whole quarantine and COVID situation is obviously still going strong, I think that mental health has taken a toll for a lot of people. It's been on the back burner. So I wanted this week we for us to talk about that Mm -hmm. because you've been open with your own mental health struggles on youtube recently yes and pause a lot of people i find maybe it was just like a 2020 thing hopefully we can leave this in 2020 people would as 2021 yeah i'm saying leave it in 2020 people were saying like, oh, you self-diagnose stuff, like, to people online talking about stuff. Mm-hmm. I knew I had anxiety before it was, like, diagnosed to me. Yes. Like, it... Ugh, not everyone has access to doctors as easily as you do. Mm-hmm. 
And before you come for either of us, I will openly say it right now, I was diagnosed by a psychiatrist. Yes. I was prescribed. I'm on antidepressants. Like, I'm not out here pretending to be an expert or just, like, some self-diagnosed person. Yes. But if you are self-diagnosed, too, one, try and get professional help because it will help more. Mm. But two, don't, like, let other people belittle you because your emotions are still valid. Exactly. And you know you best, so if you feel that you fit the symptoms that you see online about what anxiety or depression or any other mental illness and you fit that then you know you best and you know how you feel every single day so let that be a start for you and let that be a conversation that you have with professional help and opening that door as to what you think you may have or what you may struggle with yes so yes and also yeah as i was saying like i've talked i've been an advocate for mental health for many, many years, as someone seeing, as seeing someone very close to me struggle and being that and having that conversation and being on the outside of it and how you can support those who struggle and like how you can open conversations and how you can like learn certain terms that not be may not be appropriate because you never know who's around you. Um, I've always been that person. But in 2020 was the year that I personally dealt with my own battles and my own struggles. And that was like one of the hardest things that I had to deal with. And I, if it wasn't for my support system and like my sister and my mom, I didn't want to call my doctor and get a diagnosis. And I think that's the problem is that when you're in the middle of your own shit (laughs) is that you kind of, for me, I was like in denial. I was like, I'm totally fine. Like it's. I was like that burning dog, that, that that meme that was like, this is fine, this is fine, like everything is fine, and it started in March, and I could literally pinpoint the day of like, when I was like starting to spiral, and it's because like, as someone who is very much a planner is, and obviously there are healthy ways and unhealthy ways to plan, and I'm slowly turning, learning how to do that. But as someone who was very by the book and by a schedule and by, like, doing things on my own time, having that ripped completely out from under me literally flipped me upside down. And being stuck in my own house when I had a planner full of things that I was doing that I could no longer do, it really, really messed me up. And for, like, literally for months, it was, like, up and down, up and down. And one of the things that I struggled with is I would literally cry uncontrollably for no reason. Like, you could literally say good morning and I would I would just burst into tears. And I wouldn't even be like five minutes. It would literally be like 45 minutes of just like uncontrollable water coming out of my face. I remember you being like, what's wrong? What's wrong? Like, just tell me. And there would be times where I had, I would have absolutely nothing wrong. And I would start the day thinking like, oh my God, this is such a good day. And then like someone like would make my coffee wrong and I would cry. Just, just cry. Like absolutely just every single ounce of water in my body would come out of my face. And this went on for months and it's, and that's not, that's not healthy. (laughs) And same thing. Like I would I was sleeping really badly as someone who has been the queen of sleep in her house for years. Like, I could literally hit my head on the pillow and be out in, like, less than two minutes and be dead asleep for, like, eight hours. Now it was, like, disrupted. So I was like, okay, great, something else. And then, like, watching the news was, like, triggering me because I kept seeing, like, all these cases go up. And, like, when you're in the middle of that and obviously everyone can relate because we were all in the middle of it when it's something you've never experienced before and you're in the middle of something that seems so crazy and so so unfamiliar and so like scary scary right it's very it was like very disturbing for me that I couldn't you didn't really see an end right you couldn't see a light of like when things were going to open up you couldn't see a light of like when you could see your friends or when you could go out to eat or when you could like don't have to wear a mask and all of that and obviously now we're still doing all of that we're in part two and I think it's also a good time to talk about it too because now we've kind of dealt with the first the first part 
But yeah, I went a couple of months where it was like unbearable for me. And, um, and then like, I thought I was okay. And that's the problem is like, for me, it's like thinking I'm okay and being okay are two very different things. And like, I'm also a very fake it till you make it kind of person where I can put on like a, it's a little bit of maybe of imposter syndrome where like, I'm very good at being the person I need to be when I need to be it. But it doesn't necessarily mean that that's, that's who I need to be. Right. But I was okay for a couple months and then in the summer I spiraled again and that was when I literally had, like, I'm pretty sure my mom was like, if you don't call the doctor, like, I'm literally going to dial and put the phone against your ear. Like, I'm sorry. And like, my sister was like, you need to, you need to call the doctor. Like, I think you need help. And I was like, no, 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 I'm fine. And that's the thing is like, I'm very much like the I'm fine kind of person until I called my doctor and even like talking to my doctor, it was one of those days that I just had like water coming out of my face. So I, even on the phone with him, I couldn't keep it together. And it, and what I was talking about, it wasn't necessarily something that like I was sad about or crying over. It was just like me coming to terms with like, now I'm struggling personally. And now I, I, I don't know like what it's called because I was, oh, and I was getting like really intense stomach pains too. That was like a symptom I was having. So I was like cutting out dairy and cutting out all these things, but it was stomach pains is also a symptom of anxiety that I didn't know um yeah and I was looking up symptoms and I didn't really know where I fit until my doctor mentioned situational depression and I was like huh come again Mr. Tim um and he's from New Zealand so he's like Deborah and I was like what um and he said like basically when there's large amounts of stress in a situation your body that's your body's way of reacting. So my body's way of reacting was just flipping my mental health upside down and making me cry and making me want to stay in bed and not sleep. It's it's very difficult being in your bed and not being able to sleep. I think that's the most like frustrating part is like I was take I was trying to take Zequil and melatonin and all of that and like literally nothing was working. The amount of times I saw the sunrise in like a two month span was like so frustrating but yeah I he was like okay well let's do blood work let's check everything that's going on that could be physically wrong with you right and at the same time here are these counselors that I think you should talk to and it was it was relieving to have a professional person be very open and kind to what I was experiencing because um he was saying like he's like it's completely normal to feel the way that you're feeling especially now that like the world is on fire you know ow my eyeball but um sorry I just kind of poked it I know you can't see but I did scratch my eye and then I poked it not on purpose um (laughs) so yeah and so having people around me support me as someone who's been the person that supported others um it was it was like a strange feeling I think because I feel like I I feel like I spend a lot of time being the person that cares about the people around me making sure everyone's mental health is good and and we're all and we're all okay and we're all great you know and like trying to bring people's spirits up but then like when I couldn't even bring my own spirits up like I was like well then now what like what like what do I do so if you experienced any of the symptoms that I was experiencing, if you've never struggled with mental illness before, um, I'm not going to diagnose you, but I think it's a conversation that you can have with your doctor about situational depression, because when I did look up the symptoms for situational depression, it was like literally like a checklist of, of all the things. And I was like, well, that's, that's it. And he was like, well, um, do things basically that don't, Try not to do things that trigger you, right? Like, stop watching the news, go for walks, get some fresh air. And he said, it may or may not go away. And I think that was the most important thing, is he says, it may not go away when the numbers are low and we can go outside and hang out with people. Um, Or it could be long-term, right? It could just be these... It could be something that coincides and grows into anxiety and depression. I think that was something that... I wasn't expecting to hear because like situational depression I think short term 
Um, and I was like, so I could be dealing with effects of this for a long time. I mean, this was in July or August, I think. But now mentally, I, I'm good. For realsies. I'm not... We ain't pretending no more. But I'm good. And it was... And it's because I made a very good point, or I'm trying to at least, to create very stiff boundaries around the things that bring me joy and being very open about the things that don't. And the thing that I struggle with is that some some people around you may not be okay with that. But I have to come to terms with that. It's the best thing for me and my support system, and my doctor. And in hearing all of those people um, say, like, this is what you need to do in order to get back to who you were before you were dealing with this, then that's something you need to do. And you need to be selfish with your time, your space, and the people around you. I'd be talking a lot, but this is something that is very brand new to me. I'm still here. Yeah, so... um, Yeah, and I've been very strict about that, and I've... I'm it's I've always been good at being by myself you know like but now it's like how can I be content with myself without feel like I'm spiraling and so that's the thing that I've been trying to learn right is that especially during these times where you can feel like you're alone mentally and with around the people oh thanks we're holding hands now (laughs) (laughs) and like Serena has been like a huge part of me learning how to de-stress and come to terms with that it's okay to not be okay right like you don't have to be the glue that holds everything together all the time you can you can be a little non-sticky sometimes okay and this is a sticky situation but you're not sticky right now and like you'll get through this and like so I think that's like the two things that I can recommend is one if you have access to professional help like whether it be a family doctor or um, people who are professionals um, and a support system those are the two things that I think saved me yes sorry okay. no it's okay okay good job I'm proud of you oh thanks <laughs> um, but then on the flip side if you are someone with mental illness and COVID has not affected you mm-hmm. don't feel like you're broken or yes. something because I feel like everyone expected the hat to drop eventually for me. Yeah. Everyone, my mom, my doctor would call. Yeah, my I sister. think you're, like, I think, like, Dr. Tim called, like, three times. And he, was like, he, he was like, Sabrina. He still calls for me sometimes. Yeah. He'll be like, how are you? Like, I'll go, like, to the phone. And he'll just ask how I'm doing. Mm-hmm. I'm like, huh? And it's one of those things where it's like, I think I'm so content with being at home and being by myself. And stuff that, like... When everyone was forced to be at home, too, I was, like, sick. Everyone's (laughs) like me now. (laughs) And it's one of those things where, like, I don't know. I was pretty fine during the pandemic. Yeah, and I think that was, like, the confusing part is that we were all kind of um, being like, oh, like, how are you? Are you okay? And I think the most frustrating thing for you during the first lockdown was that you were still in school. Yeah. And, like, you... Were you worked from home? You you did online school. Wow, that took a while to get up. But you were doing school from home, so when everyone was like in your space, yeah. you were like, "Bro, you're throwing my schedule off." So like, could you do something within the hours that you would be working? Like, can we make this somewhat normal? That's I think that's still something that affects me in terms of like, as someone with anxiety and depression, like my alone time in my room is like my space like it's like everyone has that like a home base like a headquarters they go to and with everyone being home it's like there's a stranger in your house and it's like they're not a stranger they're they don't mean to be rude they don't but like i i don't know sometimes my anxiety lashes out into anger so i think sometimes with like the cabin fever of everyone stuck inside i freaked out more of an anger i got angry anxiety not crying anxiety which everyone usually i get crying anxiety i'm like keep it real (laughs) and i I get angry (laughs) i'm a crier i'm a baby 
Not that crying makes you a baby, but I personally am baby. Yeah, I am baby too. <laughs> I became baby. <laughs> but anyways, I think that's just something that like my family was confused at because I expressed myself in a different way. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like it's the second wave of COVID, and I still have angry outbursts sometimes because I don't know how to deal with my emotions in terms of like Debbie's goddamn dusk light irks the <laughs> hell out of me. I don't know why. She literally wants me to work in the dark. She can have an HQ desk with these beautiful neon lights and she stole my ring light to use to shine in her beautiful eyes and I'm stuck with a hillbilly lamp from Walmart and I can't even put that on because it irks her. It, I don't know. I can't even explain I literally, it. It faces down. It doesn't even face up. It faces down to like glow on my citrine crystal just so like it doesn't bother her and yet she still complains. I See, but that's the thing. It's like... It's mental illness, love. I don't, <laughs> I don't, I can't explain Yeah. why it triggers me mm-hmm. so much. Like, if that light and me were in the street, I would beat it up. <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah. That light is the cause of COVID in my eyes. Oh my gosh. It's the, it's literally done nothing but light up the room. And I'm like, yeah. it's and on sight. And light up, like, my, not my eyes, like struggling and she's like i don't care i'd rather you burn your eyes off um oh <laughs> she straight up just inhaled her yawn i because it's rude so i gotta like suck them up um but yeah and i think mental health wise something i've been struggling with during the pandemic is like too many emotions like i feel like i'm a, like a teaspoon with a cup of emotions I can't scoop them all up. I'm a teaspoon. <laughs> Duh. Right? So then, like, I have a journal, which I think has helped me recently in getting, like, my emotions down. Because there's literally... Sometimes I feel so much emotions, I don't know what to do, and I just have to, like, lay down. I'll have to be like, goodbye, family. And I will just have to, like, lay down and have a nap. Because there's, like, too much happening. And I don't know, like... yeah. And, like, people are like, what's wrong when I start getting, like, irritated and whiny like a baby? But, like, I genuinely don't know what's wrong. I'm just feeling lots of things. <laughs> like, my sock is bothering me. My hair is hurting. Debbie's light is looking at me. Yeah. That's something where it's, like, it wasn't COVID that became a problem for me. It was everyone in my business that became a problem for me. Yes. Where, like, COVID, obviously, I'm still, like, stressed. I'll have moments where I'm, like, oh, my God, a virus. And, like, <laughs> yeah. but I'm more scared of, like, the prospect of an apocalypse than, like, the virus itself. Yo, straight up, like, guys, hear us out for a second. Like, coronavirus is scary, and I'm not belittling any of the things that have happened and all of that. But, like, dead people roaming around with, like, a possible missing eye or, like, missing arm trying to get me and munch me and make me one of them. That's just terrifying. But I'm saying, I get more scared because I'm like, what if COVID is the virus that leads to the apocalypse? Okay, let's not put things in people's brains no, like no, mine. No, no, I no. won't sleep. No, that's, see, that's what my intrusive thoughts are. I have very intrusive thoughts. I didn't realize there was a name for these thoughts until, <laughs> until recently. Intrusive means no, don't no, belong no. in there. No, but, like, if I'm, like, walking down the street and I see an old man, it's, like, push him in the street. Like, I don't... I think if you haven't thought about that, have you ever seen people, like, gardening and you're like, what if I just... What if I just kicked you? (laughs) Right? No, but I'm saying I didn't realize they had a specific name. Because, like, I always thought I was crazy because I get thoughts like that all the time. Mm -hmm. And I just was just like, I'm depressed. I got dark thoughts. my, (laughs) My mind be dark. Yeah. But then I'm like, oh, word. Other people think about this. Other people be thinking, like... What if I just dropped a brick off my balcony? What if people <laughs> not her covering her mouth? But yeah, mental health wise, it's one of those things where like I was fine, but I also wasn't. Mm-hmm. And I found like 2021, it's like I'm fine, but I'm also not fine. That's something I've been dealing with for like the past month in terms of I feel fine. Mentally, I'm fine, but I'm not leaving my bed. I have, like, no motivation to, like, take care of myself. <laughs> mm-hmm. Which, like, isn't fine. 
but mentally there's like tumbleweeds going on in my head like there's nothing yeah wrong with me i think the important thing about what you're saying though is the fact that you're aware that yeah it's not fine where i think a few years ago you wouldn't have cared like you would be like well this is what it looks like yeah but the fact that you're aware of something isn't fine and what and what is fine is like huge growth yeah in your in your journey with mental health and like that doesn't come easily yes like i was diagnosed with mental illness when i was like 15 mm-hmm. so it's been like 6 years yes but i i've been struggling with those same symptoms for longer than that exactly you know what i mean like i have no doubt in my mind i was like i had like child anxiety and like mm-hmm. depression but it was one of those things where no one talked about that. So it's like taken me six years on medication to look at my own triggers and like find my own ways to cope. That was one of the questions that we had, by the way. Oh. And we did a question sticker, and by we I mean Debbie, because like my followers low key like don't ask questions. Cheers to people who do ask me questions. One of the questions from Stephanie was, what are your attitudes towards medication? That's why I brought it up, because I was I read that question. So, everyone's different. Mm-hmm. And not to say that I was being, like, belittled, but when I was 15 and I went to my doctor crying and was like, hey, yo, I think I have anxiety. There's something up with me. He didn't want to put me on medication right away. He thought it was, like, something that could be fixed hormonally. In terms of, like, I was on, like, fish oil pills, some other pills. He had me, like, check my iron and stuff and my B12. And then nothing got better until I was on antidepressants. Mm -hmm. And it's, like, if it works, it works, in my opinion. There's definitely people that take the natural route. Like, I've never had, like, what is it, CBD? Yeah. I've never tried, like, that stuff. But then maybe it would work for me. And it's, like, a natural thing. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. But I'm saying it probably, it depends on, from person to person. Where, personally, I needed Prozac to calm me down. Like, I take three Prozacs a day. Mm -hmm. And I still have some days that are better than others, but I notice when I don't take it. I'll be, like, unexplainably shaky and just, like, on edge. But the fish oil pills did nothing for me. Yeah, and I think the, the the reason, and this goes back with the idea that mental illness is very taboo, right? Because you, when you begin talking about mental illness and ways that you can cope, medication does come up. And the idea is that people don't want to take medication to fix something because people are in denial that there's something wrong to begin with. Yeah. So when you start bringing in Prozac and other medications that can help you Anything that can help you live every single day and make your life easier, to me, I'm, like, for it. And every person is different and everything that you're dealing with is different. And like I said before, you know you best. So if a doctor is suggesting you take 57 fish oils, I don't recommend, but if it is, <laughs> you would know what you best, what, oh my God, you would know what you need best. And if you feel that maybe medication will help, and you don't have to be on medication for six years, but six years yeah. is what's making your life easier, right? And making you, and it's not that you don't struggle every day, but it does help. And some people yeah. don't go on Prozac for, some people go on Prozac for six months and some people go on for years and some people don't take any at all because they've learned coping mechanisms. But every single way that someone is learning to cope with their mental illness is not wrong there's no right way to deal with it there are certain ways that are like unhealthy obviously totally i'm not talking about that part yeah yeah, yeah. there are obviously ways that are unhealthy to deal with a mental illness but i think in terms of if you're seeking help Mm -hmm. that's healthy enough do you know what i mean like and i was lucky enough that prozac worked for me right away like i've only been on prozac i haven't tried like lexapro and zoloft and all the other... Yeah, and there are, like, I see um, a couple of girls on TikTok who are um, in recovery of ED, and 
they they have been on different kinds of medication because those medications aren't helping them or they've been an inpatient and um because they're they're struggling and they have been very honest and open and the thing i really appreciate about tiktok side note is that these are young girls who are like 17 18 years old who are being very open and very vulnerable on a very public platform that is very open for criticism and ridicule and they are taking heat obviously some because haters are everywhere no matter what you're doing good or bad um and they are being very open with their struggles and that is something that is very beautiful to see because when i was 17 um i can bet that there was kids roaming around the hallways of my high school that were struggling every single day and no one was being open about it because it was still very taboo 10 years ago in high schools so um but yeah and Prozac may not be the first or the last thing that you try and it and when I was speaking to my doctor in the summer he said he said let's get test your iron and all of this because like we anemic sisters we be me but we may we may be mellow but we anemic (laughs) um he said let's check your blood tests and stuff and talk to a counselor and then let's discuss medication if it isn't if you are still struggling. Yeah. Right? And it's a last resort exactly. for most doctors, but there's also nothing wrong with that. Yeah. And it's like my own mental illness, it's been like after years of having tests and everything done, like ECGs, blood tests, mm-hmm. like they check in my mental worms. Have you seen that TikTok? Where yeah. it's like, listen to my worms. And then it's like, <laughs> and like they put the camera to their head and then they're like, I love those guys. <laughs> Anyways, they be checking my worms. <laughs> and it's like, my mental illnesses is like hormonal. Yeah. Like, it's like 100% an Im- a chemical imbalance in my head. And like, unless people are injecting the chemicals back into my dome, I'm yeah. probably going to be like this for like ever. Yeah, and I think that another thing, especially with women, is what and what I'm learning too, is... What, around around my period and around your period, I feel like our emotions and our hormones, obviously, it's very heightened. So, you don't really realize, yeah. like, how intense, like, intrusive thoughts can be or how intense, like, your anxiety can be or um, your depression. And it's not, and obviously, like, haha, during your period, you're like, oh my god, I just want to lie down and, like, all this because I have a cramp. But at the same time, like, I also feel very mentally tired during yeah. my period or around my period because it's, like, not only am I dealing with possible chemical imbalance, right? But I also have these, like, hormones that are fighting each other, right? Then I also have the possibility of my uterus shedding at any possible moment for the bonus of me not being pregnant. Like, how is how is that okay, right? And it's... And this is by all means not to belittle the heat that men get with mental illness because that's yeah. a whole topic in itself. And we and we can touch base on that, like, today. But I find that you only get, like, me personally, a one-week grace period of me feeling somewhat normal. And then next thing you know, it's, like, pre-period and then period and then aftermath of getting my butt kicked. So, and it's one of those things where it's, like, because my doctor and I are, like, on the like we know the fact that like my anxiety and stuff does stem from hormones i brought it up to him like when i am pmsing it's literally like hell week Mm -hmm. because like mentally i literally am the have the darkest thoughts i cannot leave my house or my bed or do anything for like three weeks because it's like pre-menstrual cycle menstrual cycle post-menstrual cycle and then the one week i just have my general mental illness issues yeah so like i've tried stuff he put me on birth control at some point but then i was bleeding Mm -hmm. out and dying and like i stopped taking it and then he he... checked like for pcos yeah he got like hella mad at me low-key because i stopped taking my birth control but i was profusely bleeding like bleeding like a lot and so I was like, uh, this ain't right, honey. <laughs> and so I stopped taking it and he got a little cheesed. But like, I, again, you know yourself better than any doctor. Yes. And 
I was like, Miss Girl, this ain't good. And like, if you have to wear like two overnight pads at once because you bleed in so goddamn much yeah. for like five days in a row. And I was like, eh, dead. <laughs> but like, do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, it's like a hormonal thing. And again, with men, men have their own hormones that I'm not specifically well versed on. Yeah. I should probably look into. Y'all got um, testosterone. Yeah. Testosterone. 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 <laughs> testosterone. Test. There's another T in there. Testosterone. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> like Sylvester Stallone. No. Sylvester Stallone. Why are you staring at me while you say it so <laughs> intently? Is he coming or something? <laughs> the Balboa King is on his way. Uh, yeah, he, he wants to talk about his mental health. I would love to talk to yeah. him, especially during his time during Rocky. Yeah, I. He was probably mentally. Yeah, Ill. let's. Hey, oh my God, we're gonna manifest this. We're gonna have the Sylvester Stallone on our podcast one day. Yeah, it's gonna be so great. We can talk about testosterone with Stallone. <laughs> <laughs> Testosterone, yeah. and I—that's <laughs> what I was <laughs> trying to get. <laughs> um, yeah, I saw this. I saw this thing today. Obviously, with it being Bellet's Talk Day, and how the importance of mental health surrounding men, and it's because obviously we live in a crap society that puts these pressures on men of them having of being strong and not crying and not showing emotion and being tough all the time and being this like big protector person in this like very macho masculine society when realistically they are human beings just like us right they you you put them in an x-ray they got the same bones, the same skull, the same everything, and they bleed just like us. And maybe not so much in a week at time, but like you know, you you get that you get the point. But I I wish that we can live in a time where men can be very open in discussing the things that they struggle with. And I find as as this conversation gets better, there are much more individual men doing it. They may not do it in their friend group. Um, but they are doing it nonetheless. And I want to acknowledge that and I'm proud of them because, um, if there are any men, I don't know who listens to the podcast, but I'm very proud of you and for being open and discussing that you may be struggling because you are not weak. You are every ounce of important as women and children and anybody who struggles um, and I think that's like really amazing. And same thing, like if you if you need to seek help, seek help. If you have a support system, see, um, talk to them. But because it's it's a it's a crap society that holds men on a high pedestal that there can be absolutely not nothing wrong with them, um, which is the furthest thing from the truth. And anybody listening, I want to say me personally on this day, January. 28th 2021 I am proud of you no matter what you're doing unless it's bad but (laughs) we don't condone that but like I'm proud of you if you're in bed right now and you're listening to the podcast I'm proud of you because you're doing something you're listening to something yeah if you're driving guess what I'm proud of you you driving I can't drive that's cool (laughs) yeah I'm I we're we're so as a as a duo we're, we'll we're, do some, like, proud ASMR. Yeah. We're proud of you. We're, we're, we're proud of you. Thank you so much for being here. You're so cool. Your your life is so great. You look so pretty today. <laughs> You're so beautiful. Oh, my God. <laughs> we're like the starfish. I like your smile. <laughs> I like the Yeah, laugh. we're the aquamarine. <laughs> Stop! <laughs> we're the aquamarine starfish. So if you ever need a little boost, let us know. We'll just make little voice notes for you. Yeah. Well, that will be our... <laughs> That will be our business. Yeah. Voice note affirmations. Yeah. <laughs> you are so beautiful right now. <laughs> you give the best hugs. <laughs> I'll give you a kiss. <laughs> are we going to kiss right now? <laughs> are we about to kiss? <laughs> um, Did we get any more questions? Oh, yeah. Okay. It says, Shavea the Queen says, Do you find it easier to talk to strangers slash impartial people, in brackets, therapists, non-friends, or family, or people who close to you when you feel overwhelmed um so as someone who's gone to therapy i i'm not gonna bash my therapist but we gonna bash her therapist but my therapist 
had a very unique way of going about this where it's like I would com- not complain per se but I would talk about my emotions and be like oh yeah my like my papa left me like you know what I mean like basic oh. therapy things but then somehow my therapist would always turn it around and be like well that's your fault no it ain't do you know what I'm- like excuse I was two years old yeah. it's not my fault yeah and but my therapist would be like well m- like maybe you're ungrateful for this or I think you hold anger about this situation. Yeah, well, no doubt. Yeah, That's obviously, obviously, I hold anger about this situation, but I'm not gonna stop holding anger about the situation because I, I deserve to be angry about the situation. Like, wouldn't you be angry? Do you know what I mean? And she's like, "Well, it's been years, okay, but I'm." St- That's called trauma, sis. That's us trying to I mean? go over that, and I think yeah, and it's like. I've heard people talk about their experiences with therapy, right? And also, also, don't not even get me started about the lack of funding for mental health and the unreasonable ways that therapists aren't available um, for people who who need it. And I think once that's one of the things that stop people from seeking professional help because, like, they can't afford it or it's not covered under insurance or, like, you know what I mean? Like, that's... That is absolutely heartbreaking to me that there are so many advantages to therapy. If you find the right therapist, <laughs> mind you, don't. Please. It's- My therapist, here's the, what you're trying to yeah. say. My therapists, what they were saying ended up giving me darker thoughts than when I went in. Yeah, it did the it did the opposite effect of what therapy is actually supposed to do. And because this person was in a professional point of view view obviously in my head i would be like if i was feeling something i'd be like well it's my fault Mm -hmm. they said it's my fault so it's my fault and like it led to unhealthy coping and stuff yeah so like if that's happening no 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 yeah we need to we need to do that because you are a beautiful human being who deserves the absolute best care and sometimes it isn't your fault exactly and i want to say like um and I was for us and a lot of people. Sometimes your mental illness can be. Oh, wait. Oh, sorry. I hope you're okay. Unless you're speedy and you're getting caught by the police. If not, yeah. it was a fire truck. Oh, okay. I hope you're okay. Um, a lot of the time, it's things that you deal with as a kid. Hello, childhood trauma. Welcome to our segment. Um, <laughs> and, like, something that I've dealt with when I was seven years old is not my fault. If these are grown-ass people dealing with something that they don't know how to do, and now I'm struggling as an adult. Like, yeah, as exactly. someone who's, like, a trained professional and spent, like, 15 years getting, like, 15 degrees and, like, how you can deal with people and telling them how to cope, like, don't blame something on someone who's, like, 20 who dealt with it when they were two years old. Like, yeah. To me, I'm like, what? And it's one of those things where it's like, she spent a lot of my sessions talking about herself. Mm-hmm. And there are some therapists who will do that. And that ain't right. Yeah, like, you would come to me like, oh, she went to on a trip to Scotland. And I was like, sick, you didn't go on a trip to Scotland, so I don't know how this came up. <laughs> and it's, I was scared to tell my family that, like, what she was saying was making me feel worse. Mm-hmm. Because therapists are in this light of, like, oh, they're good. Therapy helps, yeah. but that wasn't helping me. And also, how the amount of time it took to find a therapist, because, like, hello, wait times and, like, all of this yeah. stuff. The amount of time it took to find a therapist and then get to see a therapist and then the therapist isn't working for you. And now you're, like, uh, I'm, not binding, I'm not bonding with this therapist. I felt like I was, like, ungrateful. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Where it's, like, it took so much time for this for a therapist to like finally want to see you because for some reason that like takes a while yeah you get like they put your resume out and someone has to like scoop you up and be like yeah this is trauma i want to deal with yeah oh yeah this mental illness i'm a professional in helping people deal with this huh right but that was like a paid therapist like we didn't pay for it we got through some other thing but this free therapy thing, partnership program I did through the hospital, that was free for everyone, was ten times better. Because it was a volunteer who dealt with her own mental illnesses and who gave me coping that helped for her. And it's like, whenever, like, I get, like, weird and shy in situations like that, I'd be like, oh, so, like, what about you? Like, I'd be trying to make conversation, and she'd give me a little bit of detail, but then she'd be like, bring it back to me. Like, she wouldn't start talking about a vacation in Cabo she took with her third husband. Yeah. 
and it was like another young girl like it she was only a few years older than me and had dealt with things like that and it's like how does a volunteer mm-hmm. it i don't know so basically what i'm saying is not to bash professionals but if someone in your life ha- struggles with a mental illness Sometimes it's better to talk to them because they have first-hand experience. Totally, and I think that was one of the reasons why I didn't seek a counselor. Yeah. One, because I was... I, and also, I didn't seek a counselor because, and it's, it's like we were saying before, if you need medication, take the medication. Some people don't have the means to bounce back as quickly and as easier as other people, but I was trying very much to to try and bring myself back and I had my low-key own personal therapist at my house easily available um that I could speak to directly from my bed so <laughs> yes ma'am and and I think that was one of the things that was so helpful for for me and it's right like we're not bashing professional people right but I've had a few people close to me that say it took them a couple of times to find a therapist that they actually click with because this is someone that you're going to be speaking to about, like, the darkest things that are going on in your head. And some of the things that went on in your life and that may, you may be currently still struggling with. And you want to find somebody that you're going to feel the utmost comfortable with. Not someone who's talking about the trip they're planning. And because if if this was something that we had paid for, it would be very troublesome to me if you're paying $200 an hour to talk about someone who's going on vacation when it took everything in your power to get out of bed to come and see this person. Yeah. That is like the biggest like thing for me is that if if the only thing you did that day was get out of your bed and talk to a therapist, one, that is amazing. Two, I'm so sorry your therapist actually blows and is talking about the (laughs) vacation that they want to take when you haven't even been able to work. Yeah. Like, pardon me. And, like, I don't know. It's, like, yeah. She, she like, yeah, she wasn't a good therapist. Yeah, but she also could have been amazing to other people, exactly. right? So, and maybe, like, teenage girls is in her cohort. I don't know. Maybe it's women in their 40s who are having a midlife crisis that need to buy a Corvette. You never know what people, what people relate to. But um, the program, One Link, right? That's what it yeah. is called. I've heard about One Link, and I've actually talked to people that have that work at One Link, and they are one of the nice. They are the nicest people that I've ever met, and they because they genuinely care about the people. That was the volunteer program. Yeah, because they genuinely care about the work that they're doing, and they genuinely care about the cohorts that they work with. They focus on youth and teens and and young adults because when you're 17 years old you're forced to make a decision that's going to shape your entire life and on top of possibly dealing with childhood trauma (laughs) and then possibly dealing with the future trauma that you may deal with you know um and they are so nice and they're so willing and the fact that it's based on volunteer service to me it's like those people have like no choice but to care about what they do because they aren't getting a penny yeah from me or anybody else so and and i'm pretty sure it's an ngo or something through the hospital it's something that is like their whole mission is yeah to be able to help people with their mental illnesses and like when i'm more emotionally sound i would like love to work with them or work there because like it's like the giving back thing like they helped me where i'd eventually love to help somebody else and like and so on and so forth. But I feel like sometimes with therapy, it's like you do become just a number in terms of like, mm-hmm. I I think like one time my therapist straight up was like, it's Sabrina, right? Yeah. You become like just a paycheck to them. And that yeah. is like, they literally look at you and they see like cha-ching, cha-ching, like <laughs> how many cha-chings can I ha- do I have left with this person? And it was like, the times that she would be like, oh, well, I can't see you today. Yeah. And I was like, oh, well, this is, like, the only thing, the only routine that I have, and now it's, like, that's messed up, and anyways, if you have a beautiful professional therapist in your life, and you're allowed to hug them, (laughs) 
thank them, write them a note, I don't know, lie extra comfy on their couch, (laughs) give them a nice sweet talk. And I think the thing I really like too is that there's a lot of resources of people that call you or do video chats and obviously with COVID going around, like video chats is like the thing, but even before COVID is that, um, social people who struggle with social anxiety you can't like leave your house or it's very difficult to leave your house and so the accommodations that are being made I think is like something super special um and one link was calling you right yeah because of my social anxiety yeah and like it's like you it's not me meeting you at your level it's you meeting me at my level yes because then I don't like I think the thing is like you would get really anxious knowing that you're going to therapy because you're like what yeah i wouldn't sleep the night before yeah but then you knew like at this time on this day i'm gonna get a phone call a prompt phone call sometimes they'd call like five minutes early and my sister would be like in the kitchen getting a drink the the only thing though is the girl couldn't call one day and then she never called again i hope she's doing well yeah but we had to cancel our call which meant we didn't get to reschedule our call oh that's weird yeah (laughs) that's girl are you okay (laughs) that's suspicious yeah that's weird (laughs) that's strange (laughs) anyways uh Um, but they were very prompt and very like professional and um and i think that like that's great and there's a lot of i think there's a couple of apps too that you can like put your like therapy preferences i think and yeah they have so many like online resources now the only thing is i wish like there was more free resources yes that's the only thing. Totally. But then I know with the situation like that, it's like with free resources come people who take advantage of them. Yeah. But then it's also like there's people who need that advantage. <laughs> exactly. I, if you are conning a free system that is helping people who struggle with mental illness, I'm sorry, but you're you're, fucked a, up. you're a literal trash can. <laughs> like these are genuine people who need help and may not have access to easy doctors and therapists and stuff irl so if you are someone who is conning the system you are an actual garbage human being i'm so sorry maybe i should seek therapy for saying that but you know what (laughs) and i also think that you don't have to have a mental illness to seek therapy i think everyone if you have the means you should go to therapy i would go to therapy if i could you see what i mean um maybe after everything is fine i will seek therapy you know but you don't have to everything could be going so swell in your life and you could seek therapy because and it's one of those things where it's back to the medicine thing yeah like some people don't believe in medication or that doesn't help them totally therapy personally does not help me when it's with a stranger which goes back to the question that shavea asked where i find if i'm talking to like debbie or my mom about something I'm feeling, it helps because I also don't have to preface stuff sometimes. Mm-hmm. I don't have to, like, okay, tell me where your trauma started. Where yeah. I spent, like, the first few therapy sessions not talking about things I was dealing with in that moment, but digging up things of the past. Yeah. Where if it's someone you know, it's like, you can be like, okay, so, like, James pissed me off. And then, like, a therapist would be like, who's James? Or... Yeah. W will know who James is. Yeah. And W will know why James pissed me off. Yeah. You know what I mean? I don't have to explain, like, James is, like, my annoying friend. Yeah, totally. 